testimony. Hey guys, welcome back to the WBF podcast. I'm here with a great friend of mine, Austin Quentin. Austin, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How about yourself? Oh, you know, pretty good. It's always exciting to get to do one of these with like a true brother. You know what I mean? I'd Super say exciting. Because so. like we've known each other, we we're just talking about it since like middle school. Really. Long time, long time. And we grew up with some similar people hanging out. You know, just living the dream. Living it. You know. Uh, I got to say, I just had our youth, uh, not our youth, our worship pastor on, uh, Cheryl, and uh, just to get to have you on right after, because I know how much you love music, I think is like really, really cool, because you kind of inspired me a little bit when we were playing back in the day. Well, I'm glad I could have. It's all I do, really. How'd you get into music? Oh, gosh. I've always been in music. You were basically like out the womb with the guitar, basically, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Well, my dad played, always playing piano around me, always had a guitar or something. And uh, shoot, before I could even hardly stand up, he had a guitar in my lap. And I'd be strumming the strings, just just figuring it out. Yeah, it's cool to see you, like, chasing that passion. You know, it's tough to be a musician. You know, it's hard. Oh, yeah. It's it's rewarding, but it's... it's, uh, it's really stressful sometimes. How many gigs did you guys do last year or this year? Oh, shoot, man. I'd, I would estimate probably about 100, maybe a little more. Yeah. Uh, we play a lot, probably every weekend, sometimes two or three times. In one weekend, we'll we'll do a gig. So, yeah, I'd say 100, somewhere in there. Yeah, so roundabout. You know, if someone would have asked 18-year-old Dan, like, hey, what's Quentin going to play? What kind of band is he going to play in? I'd be <laughs> like, you know, like a some kind of rock or softer rock, you know, something, you know, jammy, not bluegrass. <laughs> and here you are, Mr. Banjo, picking bluegrass player. Well, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the sound. And What is it about the sound that you fell in love with? Just how intricate it is and mm. all the all the instruments moving together in perfect synchronicity and there's there's no drummer to keep your beats for you. It's all strings. Right. And and just something about a mandolin and a banjo and that big upright bass all playing together is it's I don't think there's any, any better music. I don't think, but yeah, I remember when you first started getting into it, I was like, bluegrass. And then I heard you guys play, and I was like, this is legit. Like, oh, yeah. it's it's really – now, you might have to have, like, a kind of, like, a knack for that kind of stuff. But just listening to it as a musician and hearing the intricate – what you were just talking about, it is. I mean, it's so – it's like what music is all about, right? I think so. You know, that synchrony that, – that just the way it gels together, you know, your bass and your and really you on the banjo keeping the rhythm for the most part. I mean, it's really cool to see it all work together. I love it. It's uh, it's I don't hardly listen to anything else. <laughs> I love it now. How has Louisville been? Louisville has been. It's been an adventure. Not where I want to be permanently, but it's been fun. I've been there three or four years now. 
Did your uh, band ever talk about relocating, or is that something that you guys talk about? Oh, yeah, we've talked about it. We're not sure where yet, but um, we've – I actually live with my mandolin player. We're roommates, mm-hmm. uh, and we've talked about after after this last year, uh, probably signing – probably getting done with the lease and not signing it again. Mm. And where we're going after that, we're not really sure yet, but – yeah. So uh, let's dive into uh, a little bit more about your past. What was church life like for you growing up? Church life was, it, it was life. We were we <laughs> went three times a week, and we sometimes four or five. If there was a if there was a get together on Tuesday at the church, mom would have us there mm-hmm. every single time. And uh, we grew up super conservative Church of Christ. It's uh, it's uh, kind of like Baptist, but a little different. They don't use any instruments in their worship. They don't use, there's no hand clapping. There's no dancing. There's no, you can't raise your hand. It was very mm-hmm. conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a lot of things that that people would argue about amongst the church were actually nowhere in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And it's it's basically just each person's interpretation on uh, on what they th- they thought was acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, that can happen sometimes in churches where people are arguing over what they think is right and not what the Word says is right. And it must have been kind of weird, you know, being someone who's so musically, like, gifted and just have a love for it to not get to, like, do any of that on a Sunday. You're really just singing the hymns, right? Just You're not, singing. Yeah, it's got to be interesting. Did your dad go whenever he was around? When he was around, he he would go a few times. Because um, I know he's a believer. Oh yeah, he's a believer, but he's he's been a a different type of believer. He was, uh, <laughs> yeah, to say the least. He does his <laughs> preaching on the on the sidewalks, not not so much in a church building. But yeah, he spent a couple years on the streets of Chicago. Uh, New Orleans, Chicago, Nashville, you you name it, man. He's been everywhere. Yeah, I was just always curious is whenever you when you were younger because I know he he left earlier in your life and I'm, I'm sure we'll dive into that a little bit. But I was just curious if he went to church with you guys. What'd you get out of that? What'd you get out of church when you were a kid? Because I feel like by the time we met, I don't think you were really like sure about God. You know what I mean? At that time, I believe I I was I, I was having some doubts though, but that wasn't until I was a little older. Right, no, but when was, you were a kid, you were like. I was a firm believer when I was a kid. My mm-hmm. mom, my mom made sure that, that she instilled that in you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Your mom's the best. She takes care of her kids, some, and she she's such a blessing. Miss so. Judy, you'll have to get her on a podcast. I know. I know shout, she'll be listening she'll, to this. Yeah, we gotta shout her out right now because I know she's gonna listen to this one. <laughs> yeah, she's got to have a, an amazing story, you know, because you guys have been through a lot. Oh yeah. You know, we were talking about that just a little bit on the car ride here. You know, we've been through we've been through the ringer. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. as, as friends, as truly brothers, you know, we've lost some friends along the way and had to put a few down already. You know, it's just been it's been a lot. It has. You know, you're the only friend who knows what it's like to put put down a best friend. Yeah. And uh, you know, when we were. 17 18 like 17 when Kayla passed away that mm-hmm. was like your your best friend yeah it, you know? it, it messed me up quite a bit and uh still think about him every day 
his dad and my dad were like best friends growing up. So I knew Caleb whenever I was like a baby, but we didn't really like hang out until I started going to Lono. Yeah. And uh, Zach and him got really close for like a quick little season yeah, until that all fell apart. <laughs> but so my best friend was hanging out with your best friend. And that's kind of like where I started to put the pieces together of our friendship kind of starting right through that season. And uh, that's where me and Caleb really ignited our friendship again. And then we were, you know, brothers till the end. And it's like he grew up down the road from you and Zach grew up down the road from me. So it's truly like we – and you even lived with Zach, you know, for a couple, for how long, a year or two? Uh, about – it was probably two or three years, at least two years. And so that friendship really was like, I mean, nothing else. We got a lot closer after that. And, uh there were times we hated each other, but oh, I'm sure. But it it just made it that much stronger in the end. Yeah, it's kind of like you're arguing with a you know brother at that point. You're just like, man, pick up your trash or yeah, we, you know clean your dishes. You know when you're living together, that can be, especially whenever we're, we were young and dumb at the time. So you were rolling around doing whatever. He oh was yeah, doing I, whatever. Oh yeah, those were the times, man. Uh, I'd a, I'd drive him crazy. I used to. Oh, he he'd come in and I I just have my stuff shown all over the apartment. Mm-hmm. I'd be asleep on the floor. He'd be, come on, man, get up. What what's <laughs> all this, man? I got people coming. But, yeah. Uh, but after I moved out of there, man, he was usually the first person I called when I was coming back into town, and I'd go right over there to the apartment where I used to live, mm-hmm. and we'd hang out until that one burned down, and then he moved down. <laughs> yeah, man. Gosh, but, uh, that was sad too. That was. Lost that stuff. But anyways, back to we'll, – we won't stray off too far into that because I'm sure we'll come back around to those oh, guys. Yeah. Um, so when you were a kid, you were pretty sure. When did you, like, find yourself not being so sure about God? Really kind of when I got to high school. Um, I was just listening to a lot of people that I shouldn't have been listening to and just having all-around doubts. I just – I didn't see it was possible. Uh, I – you think that was a crowd thing, like who you were hanging out with and stuff? It it started out that way, but then I I st- I started getting into well, uh, I read a lot about evolution. I read a lot of different theories. Mm. Uh, I, I read a lot about the the Big Bang theory and and a lot of that stuff and. I basically just come to the conclusion that oh there there can't be a god there's absolutely no no possible way mm-hmm. and then uh it wasn't now I realize just how uneducated I was cuz I probably only read the first chapter of everything mm-hmm. and then I oh I, I got it I I know, <laughs> I know everything about it now yeah and <laughs> Goodness gracious. This is I, legit. I'm going to take this book wholesale. The first chapter is good enough. That's and funny. I hadn't scratched the surface on, on anything. You know, I thought, I'd, you know, you're young, you think you know everything. Yeah. And looking back, I, I hadn't even scratched the surface. And really all those theories I was reading could have could have actually proven uh, proven that the word is true. Mm-hmm. If I had kept going with it, but but I made up my mind and said, oh no, I, I'm a I'm a non-believer. Yeah, and I it was weird because I still I had to hide it and still go to church all the time, you know. And I, it was weird sitting in church as a non-believer and just rolling my eyes like, oh yeah, blah blah blah. And then uh, happened that 
that was a couple years like that. And I think Caleb was the one that first said something to me, and he was he he was just like, "Come on, man, you you know you <laughs> believe, you know that's you know that's a bunch of bull. Like, mm. come on, man, you you're a believer, you always have been, and you still are." And I would say, no, no, no. And uh, he always did a good job of, like, doing that in love. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd have those real conversations with you. Like, he would be real with you. He wouldn't, like, sugarcoat stuff for you. But, no. like, the way he would tell you is, like, you knew it came from, like, a good heart. You oh, know what it, I mean? It did. And it made me feel bad at the time because I was like, oh, I don't want to let Caleb down because he – it's almost like your mom. It's like, oh, I don't want to let them down, so I'm going I'm to – I'm gonna make them think that 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 I do, but then Caleb mm. found out, and he he come down hard on me. Like, no, you don't. You you <laughs> you believe. You you believe. You know, there's something to that that I don't even think Caleb fully was grasping yet. That your words have power, man. And him speaking that over you was him proclaiming something for you by faith. He was walking in faith without even realizing it. I mean, he was just so on fire for God there at the end. You oh, know? he was. I mean, he just ra- he radically changed. It's like when he was in high, like middle school, skater boy, and then <laughs> one day he wakes up with a camo hat on and a dip in his mouth. I was like, what happened to Caleb? Like overnight. overnight he saw Taylor Gregory. I come over there, and he was in, I think, bib overalls, <laughs> s- spitting chewing tobacco in his front yard. <laughs> He's like, guess what? I'm a redneck now. I was like, are you? Are you a redneck now? I don't think it happens just like that. Yesterday, but. you were wearing Etnies, dude. <laughs> what are you doing in boots? Where did you even get the boots <laughs> and the jeans? Like, he, like, he, like, got them off somebody or something. It was crazy. Uh, Taylor, I guess. That's uh, so funny. Yeah, he was one of those radical guys, man. And whenever oh, yeah. he gave his life back over, the crazy thing is that he started going to church where my nana and Dop went to church growing up. So I did vacation Bible schools there. I did all this kind of stuff over there. So when I found out he was going to hard money, I was like, that's so crazy. That, it really took me back. That is a, that is crazy. It's a, a crazy spot, man. There's some cra- more crazy stories with that spot and how, uh, you know, just God ordains things and how things, you know, people would say it's coincidence, but I don't think it is. I think it was an example being shown to some people who might not be so sure of their belief in God because you and David were out there at that church mm. the night you got the news. We were. We were out there hanging out with some girls, and uh, I didn't even know that that's where Caleb had been going to church. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And um, well, we got the call from my friend Patrick McIntyre called me. And he he said, "Hey, you know you know Caleb Thompson." I said, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, well, he died," and I I just started shaking, and I was like, "Patrick, you if you're if you're making this up, I'm I'm gonna come and beat you up." He was <laughs> like, he was like, "I'm not making this up, man." Hmm. I told David. David just threw up right there on the on the concrete, straight up. And uh, it wasn't until later I realized we were standing right there in the spot where where he was gonna be buried. Yeah, and just a couple of days later, just a couple of days later, we were literally hanging out and by the cemetery where where we had to bury our friend, and that was that was something that kind of led to led to me believing because right after that, it was a couple of things that all happened and and I, Caleb's words were going through my head of come on man you you you're a believer you always have been don't don't give me that mm-hmm. and. 
and one day he it just kind of smacked me in the face like man what what he is he is real you know he mm. uh there's there's more evidence that he's real than than that I'm even who I say I am you know mm, that's and, a good way to put it uh, it was almost it was almost like a, a road sign I saw flashing before me it said God is real you dummy <laughs> and uh yeah. and uh because it was there, there's just some things like like me being there com- completely by coincidence like I, th- I think I think that uh I think he works he works through things and he works in mysterious ways and uh and I think there was a lot more going on than just a just a weird coincidence you know I, I really do believe that uh, other people might say oh no it's just a coincidence but I'll tell you what I believe is that is that he had something to do with that I really do. Yeah, and like for David too, because I'm sure he wasn't that sure in high school. I mean, there's so many people, you know, that high school phase where they they slip away, they yep. drift away, or they're not yep. sure. You know, you're you're getting your head filled with so much stuff, and the the way that Caleb and and David really connected was really genuine and awesome to watch because it was they they got to they got close so quickly. You know, they became brothers like overnight, and then Caleb was going over there all the time with his bike, showing. Mm-hmm. All, I remember him came over and showed his bike the first time he got it. And Melissa and Frank always became like second mom and dad to people. Oh yeah, and he he just uh, uh, he gravitated towards them for a little season of his life. He sure did. And so it, it was cool. It's almost like God gave David that that season of forming a relationship because you know obviously what happened happened, and it's like. Without the, those moments, he wouldn't have even really known Caleb. No, you know, and it's crazy. And I don't—it's weird. I don't remember. I don't even remember those two meeting. But it was—it was. Yeah, who it even happened who out even of the blue one them? day? I don't know. Hey, me, you or me for sure. Uh, I don't honestly remember. I just remember going yeah, over there met, one day. They might have met in <laughs> the hallways or something. I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, I have to ask David about yeah, that. Yeah, because I just went over there one day and and. I was like, "What is Caleb doing here?" And and they was they was cutting up, talking. I was like, "What? When did y'all become friends?" I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like he come over that. and we, he he got passionate about guitar mm-hmm. and bless his heart, he could not play guitar, uh, but he tried his best. So he come over there and they would be on the drums and we'd all jam out. I said I could teach anybody how to play guitar. I I didn't maybe I was wrong. Some people I guess just just can't do it. He wasn't even like that bad, but if he messed up, he'd have to stop and restart the song. Oh, I remember I taught him a Kentucky anthem, and he's sitting there, and he'd get to the D chord, which is the second chord in the song, and he'd he'd slip up on it and go, "Oh dang it!" And then he'd have to start all over again. Like Caleb, just play through the mistake. People aren't gonna notice every mistake, like. You know, most people don't listen to music like that. No. Like that, you know, oh, you messed up here and there. I mean, it happens, but oh, he no, was, he'd have to start over. He'd have to start all over. We'd be in the chorus, and he'd be like, nope, got to go back. I'm nope. like, Caleb, you're playing by yourself. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> oh, he bought that 12 string from Onga Bongo, mm. and he passed away. And I think he's, I don't think he made three payments on that guitar. <laughs> mm. Did you keep? Did you get that? I got it. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. I had to get it from from his dad later on. Yeah, it's sitting at my mom's Craig. house. Yeah, man, that's crazy. I just remember like that funeral was like 
one of the most impactful memories I think I've had in my entire life. Yeah. Just the I think the way it brought me and you together. Like I knew I know me and you were like bros. I mean, we were hanging out like every day, but it strengthened it even more because mm-hmm. like it seemed like right after that when he passed, I mean, we were like inseparable, bro. Mm-hmm. Like we were just constantly doing stupid stuff, you know, playing music. But I mean, we love playing music and yep. I just remember us taking our guitars up there and just playing, just to play. You know what I mean? Just because we know we knew he'd, he'd want us to. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I don't think I've ever cried that hard. No, that was a really hard thing for me to do. Uh, I think his mom Barbie asked, "Hey, would y'all like to to play a couple songs at the service?" I I said yes, but I thought no, right. I, I don't. I, I I'm not sure I'll be able to. And it was, I'm glad, I'm so glad I did because you're right, he would have wanted us to, but it was. I mean, uh, we were playing before people really were even getting there. I think that made it easier on us. And then like, by the time people got there, we were done. I mean, we, we, we had done our thing and I think that was for the best because we were in no shape or we didn't really have anything hammered out. I mean, you, you know, when we played, it was more of just like a. It was never like a scripted, like, let's play this song in D and 64 beats per minute. You know, we were oh, just no. kind of like strumming whatever. You know what I mean? You remember the bomb threat? <laughs> yeah, to play dude. In front of the, yeah, well, they Woods, took us they, over to the middle school, right? Yeah, we all piled in the gym. Miss Woods said, hey, are y'all playing guitar over here? We were like, uh, obviously. And she <laughs> said, how would y'all like to, to play in front of the whole school on the microphones? And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And we did uh, House of the Rising Sun and then Freebird. Someone yelled, Freebird! That was we, so we bad. Did it. But hey, that, but that they, was fun. We were jamming but, out, though. That was fun. But playing at that funeral, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done because I was constantly choking back tears. And I, I couldn't even think of half the words I was trying to sing because I was so so distraught. But I couldn't even make it up to him without just breaking down. I remember Carrie stepped out of the... Uh, the aisle that gave me a hug and I that's when I, f- I officially broke like I had I mean me and you were like standing there crying in front of him for a while but it wasn't like I had fully like sobbed yet and I'll never forget that I was like two or three aisles away from him and dude it was almost like a spiritual feeling was coming over me I mean it was just like this like crazy amount of emotion I've never had anything like it before or since mm. and I just remember when Carrie when Carrie hugged me I couldn't, there was no more to hold on to. I just lost it all, you know. And, um, you know, just thinking back about the amount of times we've got to play in front of, like, crowds. You have a way of attracting crowds without even, like, trying to. You have, like, this God-given ability. (laughs) Like, I don't know, man. Like, there is something about your ability to play the way you, like, write songs. It's, like, definitely, like, a God-given ability. I am grateful for that because I do realize that, and uh, I try to I try to be humble at all times and and say it's oh, it's not me it's it just comes it comes easy it's like it's a it's a gift that's that was given, and my dad helped a lot too, but uh, <clears throat> and he's a huge huge proclamation for the spirit and he 
your dad has that same thing too a little oh, yeah. bit you know and like when you guys play together it's like he will just go play whatever oh and yeah you do, you guys just play it, it's so unscripted but it's so beautiful you know what i mean like i've never seen anything like it and i'm sure more musicians do that than i'm aware of but for me not like me and charlie my my musical ability was always very, in my opinion, basic. So whenever I ever saw anyone who knew any kind of theory or anyone who knew anything about, you know, the whole neck of a guitar, I was like, oh, wow, they, they're pretty legit. And I, with you guys, I don't even think it was like legit theory. I think it was just you guys knew what sounded good. It was almost like an instinctual thing. You know, We know the theory. We just don't know what the what the scales are called. We gotcha. <laughs> we play the Mixolydian and the... And the uh, and the Dorian scales, we just can't remember, never remember which one's which. Gotcha. <laughs> so you, you 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 do know it, but it's like I don't know exactly what key this is, yeah, but yeah. It, it's it's gonna work. After so many years, you don't really even think about it. You just kind of you if you've played enough music, you'll be able to tell where it's gonna go. It doesn't matter if it's jazz, bluegrass, or or blues. It doesn't really matter. Uh, do you think like that the fact that you love so many different types of music helped too? You know I think what I mean? so because I can I've played all the different types and uh, so yeah now a lot of people they they a lot of people I met from the bluegrass band they didn't even realize I played guitar for a while mm. and uh, one night we had a bunch of people over I plugged in my electric guitar and we, we started playing rock and roll. And they were like, wow, you play rock and roll too? I was like, man, I, I played rock and roll for 20 years before I even knew what a banjo was, man. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, anytime I hop in the Jeep, it was like we were teleporting to somewhere. You know, it was always <laughs> like a one week it'd be like uh, some old school hip hop, and then the next week it'd be like the Beatles. You were always mixing it up. You go from the Beach Boys to ASAP Rocking. Yeah, dude, and it was back. crazy. And it was always good because I, I, I didn't know nothing about anything. I was so, you know, you had a conservative upbringing, but you also were able to, like, listen to whatever you wanted to musically, I guess, at some point. Well, my dad would bring me CDs that, that my mom probably didn't know about. Gotcha. But, uh, look, I I had, I wouldn't know anything music if it wasn't for, for my dad. He, he, he would bring me random he gave me a my first cd was i think elvis and then ccr and then he gave me a santana cd and uh he was like this is carlos santana you you learn to play just like him and you'll be you'll be successful and i was probably six years old and uh he 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 made sure i was i was a musician he was like this mm. is my boy i'm gonna make sure he's a musician <laughs> well it helps that you liked it too <laughs> oh yeah but was he still around when you were six? Oh yeah he left he would he would leave and come back. He'd be gone a month, come back. It, what was he doing? And do you know what he was doing? We don't know. Gotcha. <laughs> we don't know. Drugs, uh, right? Sleazy things that he shouldn't have been doing. But right, he he was sick. He was not. He's not like you and me. Uh, he has he is bipolar and schizophrenic also, and uh, he's the the Charlie you know isn't always the Charlie you get because. Mm. Uh, with schizophrenia, you, you just you really never know how what it's gonna be like until you're until you're there. I don't think I've ever really known anybody who had like mental disorders like that until I met him. And I, I, I probably have met people, but like not really actually like, had a conversation with somebody. And uh, 
You know, I think we were talking about on the phone a couple months back about that and how yeah. you were talking about it being like a, a almost like a demon. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I do think there's a spiritual side to that. I don't know exactly how that works. You know, no one – I don't think anyone's really sure. Uh, right. Science, I mean, they say they, – they've pinpointed it's a – oh, it's a chemical imbalance in the brain. But no one fully understands how the mind of – of someone like that works. Uh, there's no way you can pinpoint it. There's. How long did it take you to grasp, like, dad's different? I've, I always knew it. You always knew it? You could always tell. As, as soon as I, I was able to, like, understand, like, five or six or even younger. About when I, when I learned how to, how to talk and communicate, I was like, dad's, dad's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and especially when I, Got started playing t-ball and going to school, mm. kindergarten, and I, I saw all the other dads. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Huh, my dad? They don't? They my, they all they all look presentable, you know? They'd have the other coaches would have short hair and a nice shirt. My dad would would pull up, well, looking about like I do right now, long hair yeah. and he had like dirty old shirt on, it, holes in his pants." Uh, <laughs> And not for fashion either. They were just holes in his pants. But he's just a little different. He uh, he never cared about about certain things. He never really cared for money or or possessions. He he cared more about knowledge and and mm. doing things. And you know, whenever he is right, it is it is interesting to hear him talk about stuff because he is knowledgeable. Oh, he's one of the smartest people I've ever met. He's so it's so in- interesting that he has that side of him that wants to learn, that has that you know drive to learn, but then also at, at any given moment it can kind of almost all fade away. You know, yeah. he could have done anything he wanted to. He could have he could have designed rockets. He could have. Yeah. I mean, he he. He can program a computer. He can hack a computer. He can. He knows everything about a computer, inside and out. And uh, but he's he's always chosen a, a really simple life. He's never needed much. He'd be just as happy sleeping on a park bench as he would in a in a mansion. Yeah. He's never cared. He and for a, a brief time he was he's he was he had his own business. He was. Yeah. trying to be a dad and he was he was just miserable it, it just wasn't the life for him he mm. he could never be happy doing doing that he he's a rambler i guess is what you call him he likes uh just going where the wind takes him and i can see goods in that you know not being i mean in in today's society it's so hard not to be caught up in america like in possession you know, possessions of things and, and, and money and greed. And it's just like, you know, our phones are in our hands hours mm-hmm. a day or what, you know, it's just so part of that, you know, mm-hmm. not being tied is like, I'm like, wow, I need a little bit of that, a little bit more of that. Yeah. But, you know, there comes a point where there's like a fine line, right? <laughs> and, yeah. You know, I'm probably better to sleep in a bed, but um, <laughs> man, he did that for years. Oh, years, man. Years and years decades even but he's taught me a lot of valuable things and I don't you have a good mind on it you didn't like let it like I don't know maybe in like when I first met you I feel like you had a little bit of a persona I feel like you were trying to put on something like a tough exterior you know what I mean and maybe I'm wrong no I'm sure Um, I'm sure I did but like even now like how humble you are about it and like you still hang out with him you still give him I gotta see him tomorrow yeah (laughs) 
and like to take it for what it is and not hold anything against them. I think I, I could imagine that being kind of hard sometimes. It took a few years, man. It was I I did hold a lot of things against them for a long time. I I went years without speaking to him. It was uh, right after I graduated high school. He moved back to Paducah from Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, I hung out with him a few times. But we we got into it and. I went a couple years without seeing him. It wasn't until I moved off to Bowling Green. I came back, and something something told me that I needed to go see him. And hmm. and I'm I'm glad I did because I've been over there regular at least once a year to see him. At least I try to go more often, but I'm not in town very much. It's so, so much easier to not right to just <laughs> shun that person for the rest of your life and hold it against them. It really takes like walking with God to show that person love and, and forgive them. Yeah. Because, again, forgiving them, it's like healing for you, right? Yeah, yeah. And Well, it's easier to forgive when the person's sorry, but mm. in his case, a lot of times I, I'm not sure he he even realizes that he was in the wrong. He He's just, he's like I said, he's he's sick. Right. And, and you... It's hard not not holding him accountable for things that he does when he's extremely manic or he's he's hearing hearing things that tell him to do stuff that and it's 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 hard it's hard because you want to you want to say you want to say oh it's all his fault but you have to remember that that those quote unquote demons are are real mm-hmm. now I'm, whether they're actual demons I I, I don't know. But there's definitely some things going on with him that, that kind of gives him a pass. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's one of those uh, questions for heaven, right? Yep. Like, what, 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 what was all that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I believe he'll be there, and I believe it'll be the yeah. It'll be the chart. The it'll be just Charlie, not not right. crazy Charlie, not not drunk Charlie, and not high mm-hmm. Charlie either. It's just gonna be Charlie. When did he uh, like stop showing back up? Mm. Well, let's see. That's a hard question because he was always in and out. He was, really like when I was eight, he left for New Orleans. He was gone probably four or five years. Came back. He was there for a couple years. Then he went to jail. Uh, I think it was my freshman year, sophomore year. He got locked up. Everybody found. Everybody knew about it. Everyone, everyone I saw at school. Oh, your dad's in jail, and uh, I was like, I know. Shut up. But uh, mm. and then he, when he got out, he took off to Chicago, and that was probably when I was fourteen or fifteen. I'd say probably fourteen. So then it was a good four or five years later. He came back from Chicago after I graduated, and he's been here ever since actually just hanging out yeah it's kind of crazy because like for most of our friendship early on he was <clears throat> out in chicago and so i didn't really i don't even think i met him until he moved back no I don't when think we were did. when we were seniors i think i don't know what chicago did to him he come back i think he come back a little crazier than he was <laughs> uh, you and aaron we went down there and, and uh we're like let's see my dad yeah one of you was like, "Where does he live?" I was like, well, "I'm not quite. We we don't know. We're just gonna we're just gonna drive around till we see him." 
And sure enough, there he was at the, I think the riverfront or, or close by it, just walking down the road. And I was yeah. like, hey, Dad. And uh, I think I think it was Aaron. Uh, he was like, man, I had no idea he was that crazy. <laughs> was like, Dude, he hopped in that car, and he was <laughs> – the happiest, mo- go, go lucky, you know, and then he just started rambling, and he didn't stop the oh, whole no. time we were with him. He pulls out an iPhone, and and I was like, Dad, where where did you get that? Where did you get that iPhone? Where did you get money? Obviously, it's stolen, and uh, <laughs> I still don't know where he got the phone from. But he pulled out a, a phone, and and he was. He was just going on to Aaron about something. Aaron didn't have a clue what he was talking about. And uh, Charlie goes, here, here, read this. Aaron looks at it. He goes, oh, that's a big old. <laughs> I mean, it was, a, it was a book he had typed out on that phone. Yeah. And he was like, he was like no, read, read that. He made him read it. And Aaron's just like, man, I, I don't know what this is saying, man. I don't yeah. <laughs> it just talked right over his head. But uh, – <laughs> I had a, I was vaping at the time, and he was like, he called it like a light stick or something. I can't remember what. Oh, I remember that. Out, but he was like terrified of the thing. He was oh, like, yeah. don't don't bring that near me. I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> and then he ran out of cigarettes, and he goes, let me let me hit that let me hit that light that light nicotine stick or something. <laughs> yeah. He'd hit oh, it and start man. coughing. He was like, oh, that stuff's poison. Oh man. <laughs> I was like, but your cigarettes aren't poison. He's like, no. You know, uh, me and Cheryl were talking about, you know, she was just telling me about her gigging in Detroit and Mich- uh, Dallas. She did uh, bar hopping and stuff when she was playing. How hard is it, like, as a musician who believes to, like, be in that scene all the time? Is it tough? Well, yes and, and no. We've kind of got out of the bar scene. I don't. We don't really do that anymore. Uh, that was like, tough. Festivals and stuff. Festivals pretty much is all all we all we do. we will play some bar shows here and there, and but usually they're in Louisville, so I can just go and play and then come straight home and go to bed. Right. But um, yeah, when we first started though, it was we did a lot of uh, a lot of smaller gigs at bars and it it, it was tough, especially my scene. It's a uh, a lot of hippies and a lot right. of. Uh, it's kind of outcast people, and, and a majority of them don't don't believe in anything. You know, they they yeah. believe uh, a lot of them are agnostic or or just straight up don't care. Just don't. I don't believe in anything. You know, a lot. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot. And uh, I don't believe in anything. Isn't that a crazy thing to say? It's. I hear that uh, uh, quite a bit. They gotta believe in something, right? Or I think a lot of them are just open to the possibility of anything. It's almost like a cop-out, right? Yeah. To just say, I don't believe in anything. Yeah. Because you're I, not taking responsibility for yeah. what you believe in. And I guess they, I've heard, I've heard people say, I don't know what to believe in, so I just, I just don't, hmm. I just don't waste my time with it or anything. And it, it's definitely a hard place to be in because you, you don't, you don't want to be overbearing with those people because it's, it, it'd be real easy to to scare them away from the, from the word if you if mm. you come on too strong there's there's a way to do it out of love that mm-hmm. and showing people the the right way and a lot of times it's it's example based until mm. until until it comes up where you can actually talk to someone about it but 
It yeah, because we know what it's like to get pushed a little too far. Yeah. Where we're, like, over it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the last thing I ever want to do to somebody because I've seen firsthand how that can turn people away and and make them want nothing to do with 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 God or, or anything. Yeah. Whenever you, like, catch yourself, like, whenever you're with people you hang out with a lot, does God come up? Do they ever, like, question or ask you anything about it, or are they pretty... Occasionally. Yeah. Occasionally. That's a rare one, right? That just pops up, like, the conversation of God, you know what I mean? Generally, it's the other believers, because there are quite a few I know. My uh, my other roommate, Twiggy, he's uh, he's he's also a believer, and we... we 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 talk about we talk about things quite a bit, and uh, you gotta have somebody, man. That's just oh, so yeah, important. Yeah. And another good buddy, Chris. He's a guitar player in Louisville. Met him at a festival, and and uh, uh, he we we got to talking one morning, and he was like, and and I, I'm sure you believe in God, right? And I said, well, yeah, yeah, I do. And I was like, how'd you know that? He said, I don't know. I just kind of figured you did. I was like, I kind of figured that about you too, honestly. <laughs> like we hadn't really spoken of it, mm. but but there there are there are still a few that that do believe, and it does it does it does come up pretty often. Or we'll or we'll we'll talk about religion and like usually from a historical aspect where we're where uh, where we're we basically just talk about the history of the church. Me and my my band talk about that quite a bit actually but hmm. like where it originated and all that stuff. yeah 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 i gotta do some more research into that kind of stuff that stuff's pretty interesting so yeah i was just curious because i could just imagine that being a tough scene you know it, but if you're doing stuff that's not in the bars constantly yeah, it, yeah. a little bit better it's you know? gotten easier it, it gets easier not to put you on the spot but have you like looked for a church in louisville i have kind of i worship online i I, wa- okay. I listen to my uh my preacher from from here every sunday because i also work every sunday i that's pretty much the only i have to work all, all the hours otherwise I, I won't be able to gotcha won't be able to pay anything for rent but i did go there is a, a sunday a sunday evening service at at the Melwood Tavern, I've been to that a couple of times. That's a, it was a, it was a good experience to go to. But so your mom's church is the one you listen to. Your your pastor from there, or who do you listen Paul, to? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's where my mom goes. Gotcha, Paul, gotcha. He's the, uh, he wasn't he wasn't there when I was growing up. He, I he, I was already in middle school, I think, when he started preaching there, and I really like Paul. He's uh he's one of the best speakers I, that I know and I get I get a lot listening listening to him I I get quite a bit from him that's awesome man I mean even trying like you know cuz t- sometimes you're in a tough spot sometimes you got to work Sundays sometimes yeah. you don't you're not going to be able to go to church on a consistent basis and and still consistently seeking it out right yeah, it's yeah. so important yeah well I, we usually play every Friday and every Saturday so that that leaves the the other five days. I gotta I yeah, gotta work no, them all. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. How is that Arby's? How is that <laughs> Arby's life? It's not bad. It's not bad. Are it's, you a manager uh, over there? Yeah, I'm a manager. Uh, it's not where. 
if if I wasn't doing the the bluegrass band, it's not where I would want to be. Uh, <laughs> if you had told me ten years ago, I'd be I'd be twenty seven working at Arby's. I'd I'd be like, oh no, but uh, <laughs> there ain't no shame in that, brother. But uh, it's uh, I I worked at Chick Fil A, dude, and I loved it, man. It's it's really not bad. Uh, I've worked a lot worse jobs. I've worked a lot harder jobs. I've when I was younger, I, I worked in the horse barn. I did a little bit of construction here and there, which I like that stuff. But once you once you get into like a construction job, they they pretty much tell you when you're gonna work. And right. I I wouldn't be able to be like, oh hey, I need four days off next month because we're go we're playing right. in Columbus. They'd be like, uh, sorry, no, you're fired. But, uh, yeah, that's my, part of that hard hardship of being a like in a band, right? I mean, you're kind yeah. of like stuck with only a handful of jobs. I'm limited to gas stations and <laughs> fast food. And, uh, yeah, food places. But yeah, well, my mandolin player, he works at the hardware store, but uh, he he knows the bosses really well, and then, and ev- basically everywhere we work, we have to tell them this: the band comes first, you know, and I we will. If you try to tell us that that we have to not play a show to come work, we're just gonna quit, and, and they yeah. and they know that, you know. Yeah, but I mean, it really shows how passionate passionate you are about making this a living. It doesn't have to be like a crazy like million millionaire kind of situation, but you want to make a living doing music. Yeah, and I think we will eventually. We're still kind of starting out, uh, but this year we're 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 starting to play bigger gigs we we finally made it to nashville uh i think september of this year and when we when we first started out we were i mean we we'd get 60 bucks and have to split it five six ways you know mm. uh but as we got better every year we we charge a little bit more and this year we're charging more than we ever have so it's it's the idea of playing less shows but for more money higher mm-hmm. profile gigs and it's it's a really good feeling to know we're actually making progress and we're not just spinning our wheels doing the same thing every year after year because uh, a lot of bands do that because they're not passionate about it like you'll hear you go downtown you'll hear the the, the cover bands they'll be singing sweet home alabama and <laughs> and uh blue suede shoes the same the same 10 songs they've been playing for 30 years mm. and they're cool with that they make you know a couple bucks for for gas money and then they go home but we're we're all my group is a little more passionate about it than that where we all write our own music we all are studying music and we're mm. all listening to as much music as we can and trying to play play some old songs that no one knows and and really just give people a good experience when they come and listen to us. You know, I I'd say I'd say almost every musician has a creative brain. They have a creative side of their brain, but oh, yeah. there's definitely different levels to that. So there are bands who maybe are, you know, musically talented but aren't creative in the sense of writing or you know, making right. their own stuff and you know that that can be tough, but, you know, even just pushing yourself to learn some new stuff that's already been made, you know what right. I mean? There, some some people get complacent, you're right, and that's, uh, you know, not only God-given ability, but you have to, like, work for it. Oh, yeah. You know, if you hard. sit there and you don't play your banjo for a week, you're going to be a little rusty. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? If you sit there and you, you don't think about, 
music or try to even come up with an idea for a song, you're not going to write anything. Nope. You're just going to sit there and be miserable, you yeah. know, uh, working at Hardy or Arby's, you yeah. know, just like putting that meat on the bun. Like, dang, yeah. this is like lame. No, but man, you got to, I got to shout out your YouTube or something so some people can check out your, uh, your music because you, you are, uh, very lyrically like gifted for sure. Well, I appreciate that. We need to get some more stuff out there. But it do you is. guys got stuff on the YouTube or what do you guys? What do you guys? We're post on your, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, anywhere you can everywhere. get it. Yep. Nectar Valley. Nectar Valley. Yep. N e c t a r. Not ne- Not Nature Valley. No, that's the N e c t a r and then Valley. Valley. Yep. If you can't spell that. Lord help you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Every everyone says, "Oh, na- like the granola bars." I say, "No, that's Nature Valley. It's Nectar Valley." Yeah. <laughs> uh, do some of the songs curse? Mm, we not really. Yes. Uh, put a little of, disclaimer out there that the, I, I I didn't know for sure how clean you guys were. I know a couple of Landons do. Okay, just a shout out. I, I just want to make sure that you know we put the full disclaimer out there for anyone who wants to go. But go check them out because they're they're really cool. Uh, good listen. So what's next? What's next for Q? Oh, man. I uh, know we were talking about it a little bit with, like, you know, you guys making it. But what else do you, like, have uh, goals for? Nothing at all. Year? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Another year down the drain. <laughs> man, really, really just I'm, – I'm just focusing on that on the music. I'm trying to practice as much as I can. I'm about to get a new banjo. Uh, had to take out a loan, pay it off just to, just mm-hmm. to be able to afford it. And I'm uh, I'm really just pouring everything into this music, and not just for, not it's not for the money. Like the money's great, but I do this because I love it, man. And uh, you guys I'll, ever play any Jesus music? Any Christian? Oh stuff? yeah. Uh, uh, about a month or so ago, we were up in Kokomo, Indiana, and uh, we played we played at this bar on Saturday night, and then the next morning it was like a Sunday morning brunch type deal. Where we all, we didn't plug in like we normally do. We gathered around one microphone, and we sang as Real many old, old gospel school. hymns as we could think of. Uh, we was, we were all pulling them out. That's something that uh, goes well with your background because you guys played so many growing up. You listen to hymnals like all the oh, time. Oh yeah. I mean that's like all you knew, right? Oh yeah, and I like them old. I love them old songs. Uh, you listen to old bluegrass, Bill Monroe and Flat and Scruggs and Jimmy Mark. They would all, they would all sing those those old hymns. And to this day, that's that's really all I listen to anymore. That's just my favorite. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I still think that's still it's still shocking to this day, because like. I don't know. When we were playing, when we were in high school, I loved like the Chili Peppers, and oh yeah, I did we too. loved all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of really more like the music we played, you know, when we hung out. Yeah, was stuff like that. Not exactly all Red Hot Chili Peppers, just you know, yeah, most of it, a lot of it. <laughs> I really liked the Chili. We all did. Chili man. Peppers, they were uh, my jam. But um, you know, before we get off here, let's uh, think of a good question for you. You know. With us going through loss as much as we have, mm. like, what are some things you've done to mitigate the pain, or what are some things you've done to keep yourself moving, keep yourself going? What's what's some things you've done to, uh, you know, use it in a in a positive way? Well, 
it's easy to sit around and and feel sorry for yourself like say oh i I, i'm not gonna do anything productive today because i'm i'm dealing with i'm dealing with this loss and i'm and i just don't have the strength and sometimes you don't have the strength but you have to pretend like you do and that's Mm. really the only way you can get back going is is if you just kind of fight it and uh and it's it's not not to make everything about you, you know, because when you mm. lose a friend, you expect the whole world to just stop and, and cater to you, and and for a while they will, most of the time, if you're if you ha- if you're with good people, but you have to you have to just at, at some point just keep moving and mm. and just be like, oh yeah, I f- I, I'm sad. I'm, lonely today all my my friends have passed on but i'm not gonna let that stop me from from having a good day Mm. you know and you have to really force yourself because sometimes it doesn't work you still have a horrible day you know Mm. it's not but that's 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 the start and that's how that's how you have to do it and you know i had a a guy on a couple weeks ago he's he's a good buddy of mine pastor garrett and he was talking about in his mind he's got like a theater right and so what he would do is whenever a thought would come into his head that he didn't want, he would like literally like swipe it hmm. away to kind of get rid of it. And uh, he got to the point of where he could just mentally get rid of some of those thoughts. And, uh, you know, the thing with loss is it kind of compounds on itself because mm-hmm. like sometimes it's like, man, like when, when Zach died, it's like you, you catch yourself one minute, you're mourning Zach, and the next you're mourning Caleb. It's like mm-hmm. it's kind of like they all compound on. Yep. And it's almost like if you don't get that mourning out completely, I mean, there is no getting it out completely. But getting it out to the point of where you can, like, breathe again, yeah. if you hold on to it and you bottle it in, every other loss is just going to add on to that. Yeah. And, even, and yep. there's nothing really you can do but – like you're saying, it's so important to like, you know, not be selfish and not think yeah. only you got to think about other people's feelings, too, yeah. because they're still here right in front of us. And yeah. we got to make an impact on them today, too. Yeah. But there are days where you just lose. There are days where you just get beat up all day and you get home and you're like, man, today was terrible. All I did was think about this person and death and sadness. But you still got tomorrow. Yeah. And we're blessed to have today. You know, we were talking about it on the way here, like. Who knew that living to be 27 was a blessing? Apparently, it's it is. <laughs> Apparently, it's tougher to do than we thought. But we're blessed to be here, you know. And another thing is, like, we're living the testimony of our friends who are yep. gone. Yep. Every day, we have an opportunity to share a memory, share a story, or just live better for them. Because if, if they were here now, they would tell us, you need to pick it up. You need to pick it up. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to keep on going pick up your cross and keep on following Jesus. They would be like, you know, I just imagine that day when we get to go up there and we get to like worship the Lord with our brothers again. And they're going to be so excited to see us because in their mind, it's going to be like a blink of an eye and we'll be there. So the less time I spend focused on the mourning and the sadness and the more I focus on like who I am, what am I doing? You know, I guess that is a little back to the selfish thing. You want to be careful with that, but just like, living my best for them because we're kind of like stepping into a place that's gone Yeah. because nothing can fully replace Zach. Nothing can replace Caleb. They were unique, amazing individuals that, you know, if you didn't get to meet them, you you just, 
you you wouldn't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so for us, we got some shoes to fill a little bit. We sure do, man. Me and Zach had a calling on our lives, you know. And I know you and I know you and Caleb had a calling on your life. I know you still have a calling on your life. I know God has given you an ability. Yeah. With music and whatever, however He sees fit to use that. However, he sees fit to use that avenue in your life to touch people. Yep. I know he's going to. So that's some good advice, man. You got anything else for the people? I just, uh, let me think. Well, I will say this real quick, that uh, that you have to you have to look for every opportun- opportunity to be a light in somebody's life. Like, mm-hmm. I look for every opportunity I have to throw a gospel song in my in my set list or and because you never know who's listening and you never know who needs to who needs to hear a song like that and mm. and that's that's the that's the start of who knows you could convert somebody that way and if and mm. if you don't play music then you can still be a light in in so many other ways mm-hmm. uh just just lead by example and and just keep on moving yeah, the more you put that stuff in your set, the more your bandmates are going to hear it. The mm-hmm. more it's going to p- push on their spirit, man, mm-hmm. whether it's dead or not. And, like, you know, you never know who's going to be in the crowd that day. Yeah, yeah. They might never hear about Jesus for another six months. So you just putting that little bit of light, you're right. We got we to gotta look for those moments because I wonder if, like, you asked my coworkers, like, is Daniel Krishna? Probably. Or am I setting an example when I go to work? Am I setting an example not just at church. Am I setting an example when I'm not on the podcast? Like, am I doing that kind of stuff? So it's always good to look for an opportunity to shine your light. Everywhere. Everywhere you go. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Quentin, thank you so much, man, for I'll, coming on. And, it's you been know, a pleasure, man. Through everything we've been through in life, you've always just been an outstanding, awesome brother. You and, as well, uh, man. You know, you're just so forgiving and humble and i love you you as well i love you too brother and uh i'll talk to you guys uh i might not do a podcast next week so i'll keep you guys updated on the social medias uh check out nectar valley when you guys get a chance and uh i'll talk to you guys soon hey guys thank you for checking out the wbf podcast if you like what you listen to i just ask that you hit the follow button at the top of the page rate the show You can get on Facebook and check out the WBF Podcast page. And hopefully we're launching WBFpodcast.com. Thank you guys for all your support. Um, Thank you. It's just such a blessing to get to bring these testimonies to you guys. And I will talk to you guys next week.